1159 at Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. Hey, welcome everybody to another edition of our Daily Gun Show. We come to you live every night at midnight Eastern. It's 9 p.m. Pacific for about an hour each night. We'll do three gun-related topics, different topics throughout the week. We schedule those out on Mondays, so if you'd like to help create the show, join us on Mondays, or let us know anytime in emails if you have a specific topic for us to address. Let's see, we run it on YouTube. We simulcast it over at gunchannels.com, where we're watching the comments from the people that watch the show live. Uh, when it's all over, we'll take the best ofs and put them up on the iTunes as a podcast. And uh, we appreciate everybody that listens to the podcast now or in the future, especially those that take the time to leave us some feedback out there on the various platforms, subscribe to our channels, and uh, like I say, leave us comments and likes. All those actions with the platforms help our show get recommended to more listeners, and that's always one of our goals. So we appreciate it. But it also lets you be more than just an audience. You participate in the show. We want you to take that and use that on other, you know, use those skills on other shows that you appreciate as well. And let's get some 2A gun-related stuff out there. And uh, we have hosts. Uh, Bob jumping in from Canada. Thanks for joining. Hey, glad to be here. Got Jimmy running the show in Phoenix. Thanks for doing that. Hey, good to be here. I'm in Vegas right now. So, uh... I don't know. I don't have my thing up. Yeah, I do. It's over here. I'm on a laptop in the hotel room, so we're uh, kind of doing it like we did when we were on the road. So we're on episode 495, coming up on episode 500 quickly on gun tech and the gun business and that kind of thing. We always talk about a gun show or gun shop every day, the gun of the day and those kind of things. Before we dig in, is there anything to talk about? Anything happened overnight or in one of the warm-up shows to ours? Yeah, I wasn't watching nothing, so I couldn't say. Yeah, those warm-up shows, they're not as good as this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I got nothing. A lot of times, you know, we're on episode 495, so what I'll recommend is just listen to one of our earlier shows as a warm-up to this live show. They, they, they're almost as good as our shows, our live shows. I'm having an enjoying. I'm gonna enjoy a refreshing orange mango soda here, and uh, I guess we'll dig in. Nobody has anything to talk about. We're gonna be talking about gun tech and gun cleaning routines. Where are we taking that one? I actually like this one. It's. Uh, I'll tell you what my gun cleaning routine is. Uh, I like to uh, at least twice a year. You know, uh, I'll go into my gun safe and I'll. Grab a greasy rag. Well, usually I have to grab a greasy rag first because if I go to my work, you know, toolbox or something, I can find a rag. I've been, you know, it's got engine grease or all kinds of grease and oil on it. So I grab that, go into my gun safe, wipe down every gun in there, look down the barrels. If they look dirty, I'll take some of that, you know, penetrating oil WD 40 and spray it down the barrels and then just put them all back in the safe and lock it back up again. And I'm good for another year. So. That's kind of my, you know, thing. I'll wipe the fingerprints off it if I just been out shooting or something, and it's all like shit like that. I'll wipe the fingerprints off it and then put it away. But yeah, other than that, you don't really need to clean guns. 
see me, I'm the exact opposite. I like I like to have first before I start cleaning my guns, I like to have, you know be full, have at least a two first meal. Um, then get out nice candle lights so I have a good little dim background lighting set for it and all that. You know, make it nice and romantic. Um, yeah, I clean my guns like almost religiously um, on a weekly basis. I'll dust them, I'll run a boar snake down them. It gets really really nasty out here, um, dust wise. Um, sometimes I'll have to clean out the action of it, just give it a little wipe down. And then whenever I go shooting, um, I don't know. It's I guess I'm OCD when it comes to gunk, so I don't like stuff. Give the chance to build up and all that. And I guess uh, Murphy's Law and all that, you know. Yeah, it gives the guns character when they got crud built up around the ejection ports and stuff. Makes them look light. Yeah, unless it's got that clump of lube and carbon right where the firing pin is that one time that you have to use your gun in self-defense and it goes click instead of bang. And, yeah, and then you grab your other one that's sitting there nice and dirty, too. <laughs> Get a dirty revolver, it'll always go off. That's true. Eventually. Keep pulling that trick. Pretty much clean them off. Just wipe them off, and then once a year or more. Do like what Jimmy's saying, take them all out and give them all a good cleaning. It's one of those things you don't think about when there's not that much humidity, but they can get rusty. Yeah. No, that's what the, that's why I use the, the oily rag, right? And I mean an oily rag. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah you're talking, like, talking like old used motor oil that came out of your car? Oh, any kind of motor oil. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> I don't see that. It's not a wrench. But I also use WD-40 or, you know, whatever the spray lube in a can I found at the Walmart on sale. <laughs> I think it stops the rust. That's all that matters. Joe said Pam cooking spray. I don't know if Pam would work. And he said butter flavored. He refuses to actually be on the podcast if he's in there yelling stuff at Pam. Yeah. Well, I've heard, I know old timers would just use, like, Bacon grease or bear grease or goose grease. It's whatever kind of animal fat they had. That's you know that's what you had. I guess if you shoot it enough it'll start to smell good if you get it hot. Mm-hmm. Although I'd be worried that the bears and stuff, that's the first thing they'd be going for is your gun. Yeah. It might have been different back with carbon steel and you know, weeds in the metal and stuff that you're trying to fill with the grease, but more for education now than rust prevention. Though yeah. it does rust prevention, I guess. I've had lots of rust. Like, you get the kind of temperature changes you get when guns live in a camper? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, actually, you know You're what, Bobby? Well, altitude, humidity, everything, right? Yeah, really everything. So, yeah, kind of wipe them down all the time, but they will rust. I was going to say earlier, Bob kind of made a good point, though, talking about, you know, what type of what type, what type of stuff you use. Obviously, you'll, you know, um, oh, no. think, Bob, uh, you'll say you use every, anything. Previously, I thought I was feeling better, but now I don't think I am because it sounded a lot like Jimmy said Bob had a good point. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. <laughs> he said, something, he said something that could lead to a roundabout way. Good point. So. But uh, uh, so I guess for everybody out there, something for people to ponder, uh, what kind of stuff would you use? Do you care about what kind of solvent do you use? Are you brand loyal or 
you know, that kind of stuff. You just grab what's ever on sale. Yeah, I have no loyalty. Go with Slip 2000. I like that a lot. I've been using it for a long time now. And uh, it works. They don't have to make a big thing about it and because it just works. And people that like it, like it. They don't have to convince you. And uh, for the most part, I like it because if you get in your eyes or something, uh, you know, blow back when your eyes are up close to an action or something. Uh, it's not pleasant, but it's not like a solvent. It's not going to burn itself. You know, the gunpowder is not good for your eye, but um, itself, it itself isn't so bad. And it works. It just really works well. And it doesn't take a lot of it. And it doesn't smell funny or anything. And uh, like I said, they just quietly continue to impress me. Hmm. And you can get free samples quite often. It's not real difficult to find free samples out there. Yeah, that's true. I, I've probably got a bunch of free samples of it somewhere. I just never bother to use it because I've always got a can of something else. I don't use that much. I mean, I get a can. Of, I bought a can of G96, G something or other a long time ago. And, you know, I still got it because I forget I've got it and I'll use something else. Or I generally use whatever's handy. So, yeah, as long as it's some kind of oil, that's eh, good enough. Yeah, I do like the uh, the slip. It's it's like it's nice. It's really light, but once you wipe off the access and everything, everything where where you put it at where it counts, it it stays. And I like it. I don't know. I like it. But um, like if I'm out at the range, I bought one time on sale. I think it was like a ten pack or something of those little spray cans of rem oil, and I got a bunch of those. And I usually will take them with the range to the range with me or something. So if I got to break something down and clean it right away, or I don't know, I get gunked up. I got that there. That's always you know worked good for me. I do like rim oil. I bought the kind that's like the size of a can of spray paint. You know, yeah, yeah. Giant. And that thing's been lasting me for years. I don't use it often, <clears throat> but like what Bob's saying, I use it as opposed to WD forty. I don't think it's the same. I don't think it just places water. No, I don't think so. Yeah, but that's another thing. I will use like gun spray, gun lubricant to you know on bolts and shit. <laughs> my lug nuts on the truck. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. yeah, but you know, there's differences. I mean, they don't just make oil. There's not just like you know, yeah. there's oil coming out of the ground, and it's just all repackaged with different brand names. Like you know, there's oh, a difference between like sewing no. machine oil and motor oil, and you know, and but for for most lubr like lubricating machinery like that, like for bolts or screws or nuts, almost any kind of lubricant will work fine it's just it just puts a film on there that allows it to you know slide through easier so you're either taking lug nuts off if gun oil will work just as well as wd-40 or anything else um or at least especially that cleaning stuff that cleans and lubricates i think it's g96 that stuff works good for a lot of stuff but as i'm saying like i mean that's like saying, well, you can just kick your way through doors all the time because you'll accomplish getting through the doorway. Yes. No, no. no. But it, the most effective is that the most useful is it damage it. It works, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. Is pe pe everybody well, kicking, yourself, kicking the door down to get through the doorway works. You get into the room or whatever it is. You just can't ever lock the door again and the door is broken. You could fill your car up with, with uh, three-in-one oil, right? And it would go. It would run. I wouldn't want to drive it very far, but it would run. Um, but then if you're 
going to clean it every time you start it, right? If you're going to change the oil every time you start it, well, hey. So if you clean your gun all the time, then yeah, what's the matter what you use? I, guess I don't I'm know. I've, never, I've never been a fan of the all-in-one type of stuff. I don't know. I just, I feel like that that's just, you're putting too much in one thing is one thing. I don't know. You're putting too much into all of that. I don't like the all-in-one solvent. Huh. Yeah, when you got an oil that's designed to hold on to metal at hundreds of degrees, what good is that in your firearm, which never reaches any of those anywhere near those degrees? And it's never going the oil is never going to have a chance to do or be at the temperature where it's designed to operate. It's not, yeah, it's not going to be effective. That's, that's just that one characteristic. Every single characteristic of oil has to, you know, the, the product that you buy has to do with the application. So when you're talking about a cleaning, penetrating oil, come on, that's got all kinds of solvents and some sort of, I don't know, other solvent to make it penetrate. Why would you think you'd want that when you're just trying to clean up, you know, a fingerprint or something? Now you want solvent on your bluing? No, that's, that's killing everything with one stone and saying, oh, because it works, it's appropriate. I don't think so. I don't think if you're doing damage to your item or you're just wasting time just because it works for a moment that it's worth the long-term consequences of it. like oh wd-40 works fine and then six months later there's a bunch of waxy goo everywhere oh i don't think there's anything wrong with I, you know it is just a firearm it's 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 not like we're talking heart surgery or something like that yeah we can move on because bob doesn't use firearms the same way we <laughs> uh, i don't know i just don't have them fail like you guys do well, no, but I mean, that is a reason I like the slip, too, because you could get that's a lubricant and you could use the excess and, you know, wipe off your fingerprints or whatever. And it's an actual lubricant, not a solvent that you're putting on the surface of your gun, the outer surface of your gun. And when we're talking wipe off fingerprints, of course, that's because your fingers have oils in them and those oils can rust. So you, the last thing you do is put your gun in your safe by touching the barrel with your hand, then uh, not wiping it down. What happens is you go into your safe potentially in a few months if you're not going to use the thing for a while, and there's a rusty handprint of your fingers and your thumb, where the last thing that touched that barrel was your oils on your hands. So that's what we're talking, wipe them down. All right, well, I think we'll move on. Take the time. Yeah, much well. Move on to gun business. And we're going to talk about the best of SHOT Show. Uh, nobody jumped in, I'm guessing, tonight. In the audience who was that shot. I don't know. Pink is still out here. Mark fanciness, probably. I don't know. Clint's Maggie's actually probably traveling. But some of the other guys. I don't know. Did Clover have a show tonight? Let us know. I'm looking over on the other side here. I I didn't receive any notifications, but I don't know. Oh, there's a wicked echo. Bob, Bob echoing it up. <clears throat> so anyway, I was just going to see if anybody's out there from uh, that came to the shot to talk about it. Otherwise, uh, I guess we could wrap that up sooner than later. But before we dig into that topic at all, we usually take a break between the first and second topic each day to feature one of the members over at Gun Channels. Gun Channels is a place we built four years ago now. It's a community. It's focused on firearms, and uh, it's completely... Uh, run by its membership. So uh, with that in mind, we feature one of the members over on Gun Channels. So today it's P226 Nut. He's not a regular member, but uh, he's always 
uh, willing to jump in and help out when we go to Tulsa. And uh, it's one of the times when we uh, need locals. So uh, we got so many people showing up there and uh, so many things to do there. So uh, it's helped me out quite a bit personally with the Gunshot Liverpool tour. And in the past, let me know about things. I think he, uh, I don't know if he was the one that first told us about the J.M. Davis Museum or not uh, back in 2012. But uh, definitely been around gun channels for a while. And uh, always mentions he's going to hang out more, but he's usually hanging out. It seems like more on the Instagram than anything else. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to meet him yet. I'm uh, looking forward to it, hopefully, this spring. But, uh, yeah, he does have a bunch of neat stuff on Instagram, though. I will tell you that. That's true. Yeah. No, I've met him. He's a heck of a nice guy. Um, yeah. Really cool. I met him at, at uh, you know, Tulsa. Yeah. At the Tulsa gun show. So, yeah. Really cool. He bought himself, a, I think, that year he bought himself, because <laughs> he's working at the gun show, but he's also shopping. He bought himself a nice broom handle, Mauser broom handle. Must be nice, but yeah, uh, very nice red line. But very cool, cool guy. Good to talk to. You. Knows lots of shit. Right up. So then, uh, I guess I'll take us into the best of Shot Show eighteen. So you guys have been watching it probably more than I have, as far as the. Instagram posts or wherever else you might follow uh, stuff over on gun channels, maybe. Uh, what have you guys seen? What's the coolest stuff at Chacho 18? Well, let's see. You got stuff? Sorry, I, was, I was chewing, yeah. Um, the biggest letdown of Shot Show for me was that uh, Franklin Armory thing. Not a pistol, the not an AR. Or the straight rifling and the. Straight uh, rifling, yeah, it might as well be school door. I guess it's not even rifling if it's straight. So just the grooves and then the, the yeah, ball. Or they'd have to call it a shotgun. So, yeah. I didn't even look at it. I heard about it on the, the day that they were shooting it and nobody knew what the secret was. But I don't know if anybody actually got a chance to shoot it. I think they did. I said it shot like normal. That thing looks pretty big though. Is that thing 30 caliber? No, two, two, three, or five, five, six, two, two, three, I think. Oh, it's little. Okay. It looked bigger in some of hands. No, you know what was big about it is that they had some little Nerf ball looking thing, bullet that, or projectile, you know, that just looked weird. And proprietary amp. It wasn't proprietary yeah, well, yeah, it'll shoot, you know it'll shoot regular five, five, six ammo, but it had, if you want to actually get more than a four MOA. Yeah, you get this little nerf looking thing. Yeah. Um, you know why it looked so big? I'll bet you saw that post from uh, Ghost. Because with him holding it, yeah, it looked it, I thought it was a 30 cal too, eh? Looked huge. I thought I thought it was a short barrel. Short little thing. But no, that was just because Ghost was holding it. Um Yeah, it's it's not that big. It's what eleven inch barrel or something. But yeah. Oh god, smooth like oh, oh. What a dumbass idea. One thing I did think was neat that other people really weren't digging too much so far that I've heard was that little trigger thing. It was like uh, you're able to switch it. So you get a lighter pull or a heavier pull. You can like, it, I don't know. Looks like it was a key almost. I thought that was kind of neat. Like a little lever on it or something. Uh, no, 
Trigger for what? It was like a little like black thing on it where you could put your you know your pad of your finger at, and you can slide it up and down and adjust where your actual pull is at. Oh, so to adjust whether you're pulling the trigger on the bottom or higher up. Oh, wait. What kind of gun? It was an AR. I want to say it was Hyper hyper Fire or something like that. It was one of yeah, Smeggy's pictures. Yeah, I, I didn't think much of that. Yeah, nobody really did, but I thought it was neat. <coughs> hey, important updates are pending. I think I'll do those later. Metal injection molding. Ooh. Oh, is that is that that MILF stuff or that Yankees are MIL MIM? Yeah. So this is uh polymer oh. from uh here in Vegas. Uh, that is some kind of grip, I guess. So we're going through some of Smeggy's pictures here. Mm -hmm. What'd you think of this thing here? This uh, AR grip here that looked weird. This thing uh, is an AR grip that looks weird. And then it folds up, which is weird. But then it goes forward and covers the trigger. And then you put a lock on it, so it's a, it locks your gun. Hmm. Verbal. What do you think of that? Not sure. Be careful with your key, I guess. If the grip still feels okay, yeah, it seems like it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of gimmicky, but at the same time, I could see where a lot of people would go, this is great. This way my gun's safe, shuts the white box. It's gimmicky, I think, because you're going to have to carry around a second, a separate lock. Not like it's self-contained. So you're carrying around a lock, and then unless the lock is in there. Maybe. Anyway, that was the thing. If I'm carrying around a lock, then why am I going to just carry around something else? Yeah, maybe that lock does fit inside. Well, if that's maybe... It looks like it might. It looks like there's a hole there. But how much do you think this dinner costs right here that we're all sitting at eating? Seventy-five dollars. Hundred dollars. No, no, no. The dinner, not per person. That's why I was saying. Hundred bucks. No, I mean entirely, entirely. Yeah. Two, three, four. Marco wasn't in this picture. So me, Marco, Pink, Maggie, Thumbs, and Yankee. So one, two, three, six people. You're saying $100 each, $600? No, no, not $100. How much is total? Total $75. I was saying $100 bucks for everybody. $100 for yeah. six people to eat dinner? Well, you no, don't have a you whole lot of been, food there. You I thought you were talking about how much food is there. No, Bob, go ahead and tell us how much it costs. No, I'm saying for how much food is there? Yeah, $100, bucks, and that's about if they overcharge you for drinks. Yeah, so anyway, way more than $1,000. Yeah. 
for one dinner. Never, never experienced anything like that in my life. And I never want to again. It was insane. Who the fuck paid for that? Crazy. It was way more than a thousand bucks, right? I would say. Was that just like you wouldn't say? I would say way over seven hundred dollars. I'm thinking seven a thousand dollars with a tip. And that's all the food you got? Would you shut up, Bob? Of course not. A fucking course not. That's a seventy-five or an eighty dollars steak right there, and there's like five of them on the table. That's what I was asking earlier. Times five. So I asked about the dinner, not what you see on the table. Why would I said that? Well, that's why I kept trying to clarify. That's all the food you got. Okay, we're done. Uh, So there's that MP from PSA. Everybody want to see? Oh yeah. Told Snaggy to put on the butt. Does not. I didn't pick it up. Um, what? There's a whole bunch what? of them. Did they lose a patent on that or something? I saw like. Uh, they lost a patent on Tannic. What are you talking about? Well, I saw like seven or eight different vendors that had. This one's from PSA. Everybody's got a boner for PSA. Oh well. He fails all the time, I guess. I told Smeggy, quit putting the patch on there because you can't see whatever's underneath the patch on the dang gun. Yeah, right. patch should be like just tattooed on the it. You can't see the grip. Yeah, he should just tattoo the patch on his wrist. You can get like a bracelet and then wear it like a watch. Oh, no. You get some sort of thing that he puts on his camera that just automatically filters it in there? Mm -hmm. No, you projector. Can, you can get uh, temporary, just get some temporary tattoos printed up. Are you half stepping? That too. Go oh, figure. Go sleeves. Hey, a little, a little gun channels logo below your eye. That would just mean that you'd, you know, committed. I was wondering if this is a legit lower that they're selling, or if they just made it so you could see how their little insert works. I want a clear lower. I want a clear one. Get all fouled up. Yes, use of the piston upper or something. Yeah, it's probably get all done. Who would want this? It's metal, oh, and that's okay. where your finger grips are going to be. Period. Yes, we have determined this is the optimal yeah. finger group placement. What's wrong with that? That was clear. I thought that was a poly. I thought they said it was a poly. Oh, God. Is that thing a hideous looking piece of shit? <laughs> what are you talking about? That Maverick, or not Maverick, that, yeah, Mossberg. It's Mossberg, yeah. With the magazine. What? With the, the Mossberg 590? Yeah, the double stack magazine. Frick, that thing is hideous. And it's a Mossberg. Much choices, I guess. Is that like Taurus's version of a hammer-fired high point or something? Um, these are some kind of revolvers. And then... Some metal up top. Ah. More metal. More metal. Mooseberg. Yeah. The Mossberg was made in Canada. We could call it the Mooseberg. Mm 
and uh, we posted something and he's like, hey, go look at this Pocket 380. Actually, a 32, isn't it? It's a gentleman's carry. Yeah. That's, you know, what you carry if you don't want to carry one of them great big revolvers. Are we still connecting? Yeah, we hear you. Yeah. And here's this non flash picture of dark against light. So, editing, though. Like, once you take this raw picture and run it through a couple uh, clicks on a phone, it'll get it right up. You know, it's like you had Sandy talking about the break open and the black went up. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry, but I just had to go back. But was that was that new, or is that a new line they're coming out with, or is that an old one? What um, the break top? Yeah, the break top is the Ranger Two, and it is. Well, they showed me prototypes last year, and then this year it's supposedly shipping. Oh snap! Cool. This is that uh, twelve gauge, I think. Except for the really dark picture again. That's oh, that 12-gauge. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. I didn't like it when I was just looking at it until I fiddled with it. And after fiddling with it, I kind of like it. 12-gauge bullpup, right? Is it a bullpup? I guess so. It's yeah. technically a bullpup, and then you can switch the barrels, right? Or something like that? No, there's three mag well, mag tubes. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So there's like triangle down here there's three mag tubes and you can load them up um, it's gimmicky it's still stupid shotgun but if you want like a starship troopers looking gun or like aliens looking gun because you could put like a thing of flamethrower rounds in there and then like a thing of bird bombs and then like a thing of like, like tracers or something cool and then go out and just like predator on the side of the hill or something <laughs> it seems fairly well made. I mean, I wouldn't use it as like. Well, IW, you know, uh, IWIs are, yeah, they've got a really good reputation. Yeah, I mean, they didn't throw it together. Yeah. I don't suppose you got the chance to shoot one of them things, did you? No, I didn't. The only thing I shot was the Hudson. Oh. I told you guys. Yeah, yeah. I shot that last year. That was so last year. 2016. Yeah. It takes me a year to catch up to Bob. <laughs> I would have shot it if I would have been thinking. Did you go back to that little uh, uh, five or shockwave ripoff? Knockoff? Yeah, that seems really cool. The honcho pump. I like the way that they got the finger groove things in the in that little bird head. I think that's cool. Now, do you think there's any reason they couldn't do that with a with the Remington eleven hundred, and then just have like a semi-auto five round like that? Oh yeah, of course they could. If if they're gonna do that, they need to call it uh, wait, that Outlander. Let's call it Outlander. Oh yeah, yeah. Have to call it the Outlander. But uh, I think I've already seen one. That would be so badass. I know I've seen one. I know I've seen one SBR'd. 
but I haven't seen. Well, yeah, I've seen them in real life, but not the new firearms or whatever. Yeah, not one that they're actually calling an AOW. And so I guess we've just been looking at Smeggy's pictures. I'm going to go look at the comments and see what people have actually been saying, though. Uh, they're asking where that $1,000 meal was. Was that, yeah, it was at Edge's place. Edge has a place in Vegas, you know, and so we get to go there. Yeah, it's one of the premier restaurants in the, what is it, Bellagio? It was in where the old-fashioned gun show is. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's right on the way in there. Yeah, Edge's. No, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Maybe he got in some kind of uh, issue on the plane or something, fainted on the plane. That's all we've seen is his Instagram. He's asking about that on the YouTube side. Huh. So I get this inner ear infection or something. I don't know what it is. So it only lasts for a little while and then it's gone. It just hit me. Probably because of the this fucker makes the thing in the room here like 10 degrees. So I'm not used to that. Yeah, whatever. You can't unmute it. So then, uh, so anyway, that, that was done to me. It wasn't like I got sick. That wow. was, that was, I was tapped. <laughs> uh, Joe was saying, though, that it might have just been the roofies he put in Yankees drink. Okay. Is he still trying to roofie Yankee? Like, I mean, how many times Yankee got to tell him he's not his type? Anyhow, so we caught up over there. So there's ghost out there. Um, so when somebody talks to Clover, tell him he stole my knife. I want my knife back. It was nice enough to bring out knives for everybody, and he stole it. Um, but yeah, we went to Edge's place. It's some place called Edge. They <laughs> take meat and they let it age for like 60, no, for 40, 30 to 40 something days. Sounds like it's a big to do. They salt it and they poke at it and they kind of, or whatever, I guess, as you age it with the salts, it lets the enzymes uh, break it down so it's more tender or something. Kind of fancy cows from the US. And then they also have that Wago kind of meat and they have that stuff from US and from Japan. I don't think anybody even ate that. These guys just all ate regular steaks, but they were expensive ones. Are you talking Kobe? Kobe and then, beef? Uh, they have Kobe beef there? Nope, it's called called now you messed me up. Wagyu? Wagyu or something like that. Wagyu? Yeah. But they had American and Japanese and I don't think any of them ate it because they wanted to eat the larger fake not Wagyu meat. Yeah. Anyway, we've got to go into the room where he keeps the stuff all dried and we have like the $600 out of some kind of whatever Marco drinks. Yeah, it was a good time. I guess if you like going to a thousand dollar meals. I didn't pay for any of it. Plus I didn't eat anything obviously. A lot of it was free, which is we didn't have to pay for it. Anyway, um yeah Kobe is Wagyu from Japan specifically. If it's from the US you call it Midnight. I know she's talking. Well, right. so, 
we'll have a whole show about that because it was pretty neat and I never sat through a thousand dollars. Anyway, I think that's about for 2018. I don't see anybody really asking specific questions about that. They asked about Yankee and that kind of thing. Cycle Camp said prime question mark. I don't know what that means. No. Cool. So, uh, so would that take us into the what is this viewer comments? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don Brown oh, says that Outlander used Browning shotguns cut down. Nope. No, he didn't. No, he used a Remington 1100. I swear, I, I I know it is. At least it wasn't the poster. You know, it's a semi-auto, but Browning's. Well, Brown, but Browning has such a distinctive, like we would have remembered the 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 whole back of the receiver because the Browning receivers are always that blocked off round tube, right? Yeah, they look like his yeah. culture, not like yeah. Uh, I mean, the Remington—if you see any of the pictures or anything from the movie—it's a Remington 1100. Well, we could, I guess, double check, but we'll leave it like that, and we'll keep going. Oh, yeah. The name of the restaurant is called Edge Steakhouse. Edge's Steakhouse. He owns a steakhouse in Vegas. It's one of the reasons he's so rich about it. Yeah, he doesn't like to talk about it though. I he never talks about it. If you, listen to it. if you listen to Edge's podcast, he almost never talks about his steakhouse. Mm-hmm. No, I think he's a little ashamed because it doesn't feature Mexican food. You know, uh, it had something called dirty Mexican street corn or something like that. Oh, really? Besides, it cost twelve dollars. Nobody got it though. If that goes with a dirty it's Mexican kind of it was corn that fell on the ground or something. And some yeah, people are like, "I want my corn to fall on the ground," but in Mexico. And then bring it back here and cook it. <laughs> That's kind of like eating them them fish that are poisonous, right? You're just taking a chance every time you have a bite. <laughs> exactly. Like I want a poisonous fish from corn that fell on the ground in Mexico. Yeah, because I mean, if it just fallen on the ground anywhere else, it wouldn't be so. Well, you can get it from any like crazy place. That's risky. New York. I want corn from the fell on the ground in New York City. I wouldn't eat that. Oh, wow. In the New York subway. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to pick it up. Rats would eat it. Anyway, that was your best. Rats that's running off with it before you could that reach for it. <laughs> that was the best Dodge Show 2018 wrap up you're going to get. So you're welcome. We'll move on. Uh, readers' comments is only if Jimmy can screen share good. Uh, really... Yeah. Jimmy, you're going to have to screen share. Can you do that? Something. Jimmy, do you know how to screen oh. share? Um, SOL today, guys. I guess that'll take us into. <laughs> yeah, hold on. No, that's fine. So then, here, uh, why, don't we, get why don't we just encourage people to start commenting on our uh, videos? And next week, we'll dig into it more. Nah, don't worry about it. If you only got one monitor, it's, it's impossible. Plus, you're gonna tell all our secrets. All right, so uh, we'll just knock that one off till next week. So if you really want to know about what people said, then wait till next week, and we'll tell you what they said. Um, why don't we take that into work tomorrow, uh, next week? Oh, you know what? There's nothing really to look at with this one. Although, did I take video with them? No, I did take some pictures. So today we're doing our, for our gun shop of the day. One of the reasons we do this show on the daily is so we can talk about a different gun shop every day. Uh, today we're actually going to talk about a shooting range and that's called the Clark County shooting range, which is 
uh, this county where Vegas is, <clears throat> is Clark County, Nevada. And uh, if you think of Vegas, um, you know, north, south, east, and west, on the northwest side of town, uh, Vegas is surrounded by a lake on one side and pretty much mountains on all the other side, not real close to town. Most of the town isn't even in the foothills. It's in the big valley between the mountains. But as you get up to the mountains, the foothills, in the northwest section of Vegas, a little bit more north, I think, um, if you get to this Clark County shooting range, and it's huge. It's very big, and it's going to get bigger. Uh, we found it, I think, five years ago. Uh, just a second. We found it, I think, five years ago. Uh, for the first time, whenever we came up to do the tour of the, when did we start coming up early and doing gun shop tours? It was like maybe 13 or something. Uh, it was a while ago we found it, and it already existed, but it was already pretty big, and it gets bigger every time we go out there. It takes a little time to get out there, but anyway, it's run by the state or the county or something. Uh, it's you know publicly run. And a uh, huge facility with everything you can think of as far as just different disciplines or types of shooting. You got shotguns, you got rifles, you got pistols, you got tactical stuff, you got classrooms. Uh, they're going to be adding even more. So I'm walking around, and that's our gun gun shop out there, but it's a range, and it's it's a good one. If you're ever in Vegas for anything, bring your guns. It's it's a town that knows what it's like to travel with guns. The airport is friendly, knowledgeable, they don't freak out when you bring guns in or out. And I uh, haven't heard anybody complain about having issues with guns here, like you have, like you can here some places. But anyway, bring them and give yourself a day or something to go out to that range. You'll really enjoy it. I was walking around shops this morning, actually, and um, I saw this weird thing. It was like a pigeon, but with like a weird wing-looking thing on it, sort of like, um, not really a propeller, but like look like a toy or something it's plastic and i asked him what it was and i guess it's some kind of international thing now where you put this basically like a helicopter blade looking propeller wing thing around a clay pigeon and it wing it off the regular thrower but i guess those wings give it like 3500 feet per second it shoots out of there and it goes erratically like it's not it doesn't go in a straight line anymore at all it'll fly like weird like a bird erratically or really fast and I guess it adds a whole other level to whatever you're shooting after speed. And uh, they just had that sitting on the table and it caught my eye when I asked them about it. And then it turned out I was talking to the people from the Cloud County Range. So to me more about the expansion. And that's why they had that thing sitting there. I guess that's when they expand the, the shotgun areas to these international things. Uh, so international skeet and trap, I think, are both like smaller clays and they shoot they fly way faster. So uh, they already have those, and they're going to be having this other international thing, whatever it's called. So uh, anyway, pretty cool range. And uh, I didn't take video, but I did get some pictures, and we'll uh, be posting a video up about the range, up an updated video about the range again here for too long. And again, anytime you're going to Vegas for anything, bring your guns and go shoot. Them. Um, I don't think the movie was... Uh that gun was in was Outlander. I think it was Outland with Sean Connery. Because there is an Outlander that's more recent. Oh, we're talking about different movies, maybe. Yeah. I'm thinking of, yeah, with Sean Connery where he's on like, he's like the sheriff of a moon base or something. Yeah. He's a marshal. 
the space of a mining colony on Io, one of Jupiter's moons. Yeah. So let me see. I think we've got a what do you call it us? Theme going this week. Guess movies. Yeah, I think so. So uh, I guess we'll move to the movie of the day, which is uh, Casino, 1995. Classic. I know, I know I've seen it, but I don't remember if there's a lot of guns in it. Is there some mob murders or something? Mm. Oh, yeah. Plenty of mob murders in there. And drama. Um, it was uh, it was one of them eras. I think, didn't De Niro and Pesci do like, I don't know, three or four movies together? So they did like Raging Bull, they did Casino, they did Goodfellas. I don't know if they did any more than that. Maybe it was just three. They kind of butt in the better, but this is the whole Bugsy, right? And it's basically the, the the chick and the guy, and he's out spending money to be here, and he spends all his time worrying about her and not making Vegas. Well, yeah, but it's not really the Bugsy thing because it was the he was um, he was a Jewish guy, and he was like um, like an inside better in Vegas, a sports better, and he you know and he got tied up with the mob because he was good at predicting outcomes of games. So he made them a bunch of money, and then he started getting together with this girl, and she was a whore, and yeah, a lot of drama. It was a good movie. I'll give it two thumbs up. It was worth watching. It'll keep your attention for it's long, like two hours, two and a half hours. But it's like not necessarily a documentary, but it's based on the real deal, right? The real story of how it went down. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give it one only because it's not my favorite type, but I can I could be talked into more than one because it is pretty darn good. And I agree with you. It's, if you haven't seen it, it's worth watching. I just don't know if I'd call it a gun movie. I think I just threw it in here because that's good in Vegas. I mean, no, there was some guns in there. But, I mean, they had them little like what twenty fives that they carried in their vest pockets, little stuff like that. It was not really like to write home about army guns or nothing cool. But there was right, I I am I'm, I'm wrong. I just went and looked this up because it's driving me nuts. It was not a Browning 1100. It was a Browning 2000. Or it was not a Remington 1100. It was a a Browning 2000. Yeah, I was wrong. Holy shit. Oh. Huh. Oh well. Happens to the best of us. <laughs> I'm sure it won't be the last. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you ever seen was out there who said it was uh, uh, whoever was out there that said it was uh, a Browning 2000. You were right. Or, uh, yeah, I was wrong. Woo. Oh, well. <laughs> Bob, you ever seen his Gambling Italian movie? Gambling Italian movie? Yeah, Casino. Um, no. Okay. Do you guys say casino weirdly up there? I don't remember not say casino. Casino, eh? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's not too many ways to mess that word up. I don't think. It's a casino, eh? Casino. I don't know. <laughs> right, casino. So, I'm going to the casino. <laughs> so, did you say you're giving it how many thumbs? I'm giving it two. I that whole era of movies. I'm giving two thumbs up. I'm giving that movie two thumbs up. 
Yep. So that's three. Uh, I haven't seen it, so I, I have to pass. Oh, snap, you haven't? Well, then, yeah, I think it's worth watching. I'm going to give it one and then potentially more, like I say, depending on, you know, if you're counting it as just, like, interesting movies or whatever. But I think it's worth watching. They got a great, uh, like, a in-movie soundtrack. Yeah, it was. Just say, give yourself, like, a second. Watch it. Um, um, all right, so do you want to move into the gun? No, we're talking about the gun. Uh, I like movies that have the budget to be like from the 70s or whatever that was. It was like the early 70s, right? Late 60s. Like when it's supposed well, to I think that's place. when. It, yeah, I think that's when it was based, yeah. And they just did it well. They, didn't, they weren't faking it. Like sometimes you got like the same eight cars and like the same street in every scene. It's like really faking it to be like the old days. And they did a pretty decent job of making Vegas just look old. Huh? And it is neat, especially here, to think about what it would have been like back in the olden days when all these places, like we were just looking at the place where we went to that eat at, right? Where the old fashioned, where the antique gun show is. That's uh. That's one of the hotels. That's Elvis's hotel. That's Elvis's Hilton. And back in the day, it was just like a big building, you know. And then it was a big deal when it got its tower. Like when Vegas turned into the towers, that was like a big deal, like in Europe. And then whenever they started the next phase, like convention centers or something. So these are like add-ons to it. So it's kind of interesting to see how, uh, like, of the movie like that, like how Vegas has changed and grown. And then I would—I don't know if you call it evolved or what, but. You know, it's almost like a family vacation now or a family destination now where that movie was me. No. <laughs> and, and that movie's where I learned how to tenderize veal. Anybody that doesn't get that should watch the movie. Yeah. Inside joke. So um you want to bring us in bring us into the gun of the day here? Or uh yeah, yeah you want to know what it, it's the well somebody wants to bring up the it's I'm screen share. I'll, I'm gonna screen share right now. But yeah, you go ahead and pronounce that, Jubs. I want to hear that. What? Well, I just wanted What's to hear you read the name. A Kui model seventy-five. Oh, you said it right. That's pretty good. Well, there's two O's in it. Kui. It's just like Kui the same argument we were having a while back about Roosevelt and Roosevelt. It's obviously Roosevelt because there's two O's in it. It's obviously Kui because there's two O's in it. So anyway, yeah, it, the Kuwait model. So this is the iconic Canadian farm rifle that you're pretty much going to find anywhere. And then it became real popular in the States after uh, Winchester bought out the Kuwait company and started producing them and selling them down south there. Um, they also the Model 60, which was a tube-fed bolt-action, but basic, basic little bolt-action 22. You guys would call them the cricket. Like it's basically a cricket, a modern or you know the older version of a cricket, single shot bolt action, super simple. Like you, you know, got to use the bolt, then you got to cock that hammer every time. Um, it's uh, really a, a, they're really really accurate. Um, very simple, nothing to go wrong with them. I've actually got three of them, so <laughs> I got the original one. Hey, eh? it looks a lot like my H and R. Yeah, I mean it's it's a very very simple rifle design, but 
they made a ton of different models. Like I've got, like I say, I got three. I got one that I bought myself when I was a kid, when I was about 13. That was the first gun I ever bought myself. I got uh, one that I picked up at a gun store years later, which is called the Ace model, which has got their little short barrel on it, like a 16-inch barrel, little short stock. It's it's made for, like, little kids to shoot. And that was, you know, they, they used to be all over the place. They were called rabbit guns because you'd give them for your kid for shooting rabbits when they were five or six, right? It's <laughs> so, like kids used to get BB guns. <laughs> Not up here. Not back in the day. Um, but... Um, so it'd be like your BB gun or something because it was, you know, made for small kids to use. And I mean, they were tiny. Um, and then I've got one that when I decided my son was old enough to get a gun when he was about eight, I took him in the gun store and said, okay, there's here, there's all these used 22s, pick one. And he picks one and I'm like, you're kidding, man. Are you sure you don't want any semi-automatics or anything I got? Nope. Nope. This is the one I want. And it was this really beat up Cooey Model 75, but the fancy one, well, it was fancy in its day, with a Monte Carlo stock and was super fancy. Um, and just, yeah, nice little gun. It was had no bluing left on it, but the riflings were good. So rebuilt it for him, refinished it all. Beautiful gun. Now I have it because he hasn't bothered to get his FAC. So anyway, really cool little uh, 22 really effective and uh, inexpensive best thing you could give your kid back in the day when if you lived out in the country it's hours of entertainment and uh, also allows them to make a little extra money on the side I like this little shorty one and it must be light because it looks like it's being the slings being held on by medical tape um, yeah, literally, they don't weigh anything. I mean, like the stocks are, are a lightweight wood because they don't have to be that solid. Um, so they're usually a like a birch or a spruce, even in some cases. Um, but yeah, they just don't weigh anything. They're they're so incredibly simple. There's just nothing to them um, that you know you can give them to any little kid and he can figure out how to take it apart, clean it. Um, not that you need to, but <laughs> there's really nothing to go wrong with it. The only thing I've ever had go wrong is the ejector. It's got a little spring thing for the, for ejecting. Um, and occasionally that will lose its tension. And so it won't grip the rim of the 22 and pull it out forcefully enough. So that's the way I always carry a little. I got a, question. I got a question. You said that you bought that one when you were 13. What year would that have been approximate? Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. 13. No. Yeah. Um, around 69, maybe. Something like that. And when did Canadian gun laws go crazy and restrictive? Uh, oh, that was like 79, 80. Yeah, so I can just see what happened there. Some person was minding their business, and this little bearded 13-year-old comes in, buys a gun, walks right out with it, giggling and rubbing his hands, spraying WD-40 all over it. And that person, that same person's like, what just happened here? And then started making a commotion. Then 10 years later, finally the commotion turned the butterfly flap and turned into a hurricane, a shitstorm. 
Pennsylvania gun laws happen because of Bob winning their crazy 13-year-old Bob buying guns off the just off the over the counter. Well, I, I think I might have ruined the surprise earlier, but um by showing our bear secrets right there. Screen, no, I didn't show there's no secrets. I didn't show no secrets. I never even went on that page. There was okay. this. This is what I ruined because I almost pressed on it. Oh, no. Is this still legal? Is this still legal after what happened in Washington State today? Not in oh, oh my god. Uh, not in not in most states. No. <laughs> um, you guys know what that sound means. Time to crack them knuckles and whip out them keyboards and get ready for the daily tactical pop quiz. Today, obviously, we're doing a uh, visual one, so I will zoom out eventually, but what is that? What is that? I will, dang it, I didn't put it in the notes. Hang on. But what is that? Oh, come on. The easiest one ever. 18. Oh, micro Uzi says steadily. Oh. Micro Uzi on the gun channel side. 1897 on the gear. Why does it got to be micro? USB? Mini Uzi? Micro Uzi is different than a mini Uzi. Oh, Uzi. Deadly says mini Uzi. Oh, it's none of them. How do you like them apples, fellas? It's an Uzi pistol. Oh, Bob just said it, and now no one has a chance. <laughs> Oops. Not a regular Uzi. Just wait for the lag, and then everyone can figure it out. Just. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Bob one. How did, you guys really changed the pop quiz while I've been gone. All different now. Okay, now, now Cycle Camp says Uzi Pistol, LOL. And Gary on the YouTube side. Yeah. So. Is there Gary on the YouTube side? Yeah. Anyway, no way to ruin Jimmy's efforts. Hard well, work. no, I once I saw the whole thing, I thought, well, it's over, right? Because everybody can tell that's an Uzi pistol. It doesn't have a stock. Right? <laughs> I didn't realize that they didn't get it yet. <laughs> right, I didn't think they were that thick. Not my fault. Nice. So after ruining it, punish them by abusing Sons <laughs> of bitches never had a chance because you're all lazy. I'm just saying, as soon as I saw the picture, it was like, Oh, that's probably been up for a while because I wasn't paying attention. There. Wah, wah, wah. And we'll move on to something else. So, Bob's not going to do the whole hot shot thing? What? They're going to do the whole hot shot thing? No, nobody really won because I ruined it. You do it for yourself? No. That makes me. <laughs> Now, now I'm feeling embarrassed. Now, now I'm, I need a safe space. All right, this is weird doing the whole show without a cigarette. I'm sitting in a non-smoking room because I let somebody else make the reservations and pay for it. As soon as we let somebody else pay for it, everything goes their way. 
Yeah, no shit, eh? Uh, we'll go to good EDC flashlights. EDC flashlight philosophy. So a little earlier, they had uh, that one from Surefire that Smeggy took a picture of. They call it the tactical or something? Or tactician? Let me go back and find it. It's the one that Jaeger helped them design. So it's uh, it's basically the style of the old, what do they call that thing? Personal Defender or something. The Executive, I think. So it's basically as big around as like CR123 batteries, and it's two CR123 batteries long with a big head on it. That's 800 lumens. And then, uh, screen share real quick. And then to adjust it to its task light mode, you give the bezel a quarter turn. Actually, not even a quarter, just barely move the bezel. You don't want to move, but you just twist it a little bit and it goes to uh, task light. And does it say on there, I guess? Five lumens for the task light. And then when you flip it over to the high, it's 800. I didn't get it there. He didn't get it in the picture, but 800. And uh, yeah, pretty decent. So anyway, that's that's a place to start. I don't know what that thing's going to cost. But probably a hundred bucks plus. Easy, surefire. But yeah. uh, super rugged. I'm sure, if a Jaeger helped to build it, you could. That you know, it's going to be strong enough to be able to just beat on it and break brick before it breaks the flashlight. I don't. I say that's huge for an EDC carry. Oh, there we go. One. EDC, that's two CR123 batteries, and it's like having three CR123 batteries in a row. So it's about as big as a Sharpie. I, have a one this had, is... I used to have one that was one CR123 battery, and I ended up switching out for uh, a AAA one. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, you I don't, I, the size of a, a small Sharpie or a, just a regular pen. You know, something well, that's maybe I carry a bigger than a anyway. Yeah, exactly. I carry them on too much crap. Yeah. Of course, but I still I don't know people who carry those, you know, two double-A mag lights. Well, okay. That's not good. Yeah, you can carry anything else. I've been carrying that same light for 20 years, so... Like, nope, works. So, Pants is saying the Phoenix PD35. I don't know which one that is, but I did carry a Phoenix for a long time, actually. They gave me a bunch whenever the YouTube was doing good. And I said, this, this, and this, and this, and this. And they sent it all to me. And uh, I forget which one. I think it was the one CR123. But uh, it fell apart or got lost after some amount of daily carry and I never bought another Phoenix, but I can understand it. They're pretty decent. Um, but for me, you have to go find Phoenix time online. I end up with like Jimmy's boss, we go with the triple A streamlight, which you can buy anywhere in person for 20 bucks or less. And if I need a new one, then that's a way to leave $20 at a gun show or a gun shop at me, or at a gun show. But I've seen those like down to twelve, eight dollars sometimes when they're on sale, or like clearance or something. They got something written on them they don't want anymore. Push button on the back, nice clip. 
Yeah, it doesn't have to be too big. I even have, there's been times where I'll carry around like a little, um, it's a, uh, crap. Uh, Streamlight Stylus. And that's like, that's too, it's weird. I've never seen it before. It's really neat, but they're two uh, quadruple A batteries. So like super duper thin. It's like the size of, like Bob was saying, a Sharpie or a, a pen kind of. But yeah, the littler the better for me because, like I said, gotta fit around a bunch of crap. I just carry a button one on my uh, on my keychain and call that good. <laughs> Every time oh, I go out of night, I just have a headlamp. On, so well, I have no, I have like the thing is, I have flashlights everywhere else, right? I got flashlights in my truck, I got flashlights in the house, I got flashlights everywhere. So, I mean, you know, for well, just we're talking EDP anyway, we're not talking tactical at all, we're not talking like anything except EDC. Yeah, uh, have you used the Bob probably has some garbage one from somewhere like a drugstore or something, but have you seen the photons? That are like what I think Bob's talking about, like little, they're basically built around a watch battery. Yeah, that's where I got mine at Shot Show. They gave me a free one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, ones they got like a little metal keychain clip on them or whatever. And you, you click yeah. the button on them and they're like super bright for one LED. Well, that's the thing. Oh, they're yeah. one LED and they're like a battery or two and then a plastic housing. The photons are just, you know, I've been doing it for a long time and they're really well made. The little plastic housing is, you know, well made. But uh, there's lots of like little cheap ones that just the switches break or they just fall apart completely. But uh, yeah, anyway, those things can be super bright and super useful. You can get them in different colors. And again, those I've seen those things go as low as under $10. Uh, again, if they've got like pink ones they don't want anymore or some kind of camel pattern that nobody wanted. I've seen those things on clearance for under 10 And for a nice one, you know, photon or something, maybe you'll say. Yeah, they're nice. Like I've I've replaced the batteries in mine probably ten times, and it's still just hanging together fine, and uh, everything's working great it's on crazy. it. They're just basically a thing the size of a quarter. The plastic housing is like the size of a quarter, maybe, or a nickel. Mm -hmm. And then LED jabbing, jabbing out the side. But just the LED by itself jabbing out the side of that plastic housing is enough to like throw the light in a direction. It's not just like a Candle light, it's blowing out everywhere. I mean, it's it's going to cast a little bit of light everywhere, but it literally focuses a beam. It's pretty crazy. A good one. Yeah, and obviously quite robust. Like I say, so I got mine at Shot Show last year, and it's like still hanging on my keychain, and it's been you know beat on, and you know like my keychain hangs off my pants. So I'm one of those people. Uh, well, there's one. That, there's a Surefire one that's got like three watch batteries in it. And it's like, it kind of looks like a miniature squatty looking standard flashlight with a bezel and a body and a tail cap. And they're usually like under 20 and under 15 even. It's sitting on the side of the counter at a gun shop or something. I forget the name of them, but you've seen them, I'm sure. These little stream lights that are for keychains. Oh, yeah. And I can't recommend them against those. The batteries, once they go dead, you buy them. Sometimes I've seen those again for like eight, nine dollars on sale or closeout. They got something written on them they don't like. 
And uh, I know so many people that have bought those when they see them cheap and then they go to buy batteries and the batteries are like $12. So uh, the other thing is they're twist on and they'll just twist in your pocket or like Bob wears his keys out, you know, that just twists in the Disney, just twist on and drive the batteries there. So I've, I, I recommend against that particular one. I don't, I've only seen people get frustrated and, and quit carrying them. Yeah, that's actually, that's the, the same exact reason why I kind of tried to switch over from the CR123 as an EDC because it, those, it started to get a little expensive. It was like, you know, even with a little discount here and there, there was still like, you know, 12, 13 bucks for maybe a six pack, I think it was. So, I mean, they're, those get pretty expensive too, whereas you can go to the dollar store and get a bunch of AAA ones and yeah, they might run out quicker, but... You go to the dollar store, you know, carry a couple of extra batteries with you, whatever. Well, and you can get rechargeable AAAs. Yeah, that's you exactly. Rechargeable threes. Yeah, so, well, yeah, you could get rechargeable one two threes, but yeah. I guess that could defeat that right there, but I, I never did that. Anyway, yeah, I think we've covered that. Good investment options. Right. so uh yeah there's some ideas for flashlights and hopefully people take that that's one of those topics that you can always talk about in any kind of uh, show you might be doing on the uh, youtubes or the gun channels or the podcasts on the itunes or something everybody carries flashlights and if they don't they're crazy that's not fun. All right, so um, what else we got left? I think we pretty much wrapped up other than what's going on tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Um, let's tomorrow is Saturday, and we have... Oh, let me throw this out while you're looking for that. Uh, if yeah. people, I think people have been buying stuff on this gear website store. And uh, the people I got watching the place are not sending that stuff out. So I'm going to be uh, sending stuff out on Saturday or Sunday or Monday, I guess, um, whenever, you know, we get back and there's mail delivery. And uh, we'll, we'll throw stuff in there say thanks for the people that had to wait a week or whatever. But uh, I want to thank everybody who's been purchasing over at the store. We've been posting those videos on the YouTube. And uh, it really does help uh, to get out here and do these kind of things. And, you know, going forward, we're going to be ripping apart gun channels next month and got invited to some things around the country. So hopefully we'll be doing the tour up again here and uh, all those purchases make that kind of stuff possible. So we really do appreciate anybody that purchases stuff over at gearwebsites.com. All right. So tomorrow uh, we have a pretty good lineup for Saturday. Uh, Caliber Corner, Travis P11. He's coming out at 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, then Rick's Life as I See It at 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, and I can swear, swear that we have more on Saturday. Um, so if anybody doesn't have their show on the schedule or notice that we didn't say anything, um, you know, drop a link or, you know, let somebody know in gun channels and we'll get it up there for you. Or um, you also probably have the capability of putting it up there too. Um, so, yeah, just let somebody know. We'll get you up there. And we got Sunday. Um, Trigger time when never enough ammo comes on at 10:30 a.m. Eastern, and 
midnight, 12 hours later, Midnight Range is coming on at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. And, uh, and everything back on Monday, early watch and uh, all your great stuff. And then us. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think that's everything. Oh, crap. You know what? I didn't go over and check uh, gun history. Come on. We've got important stuff. You guys have been talking about the gun history the last couple of days, right? Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. I've been talking about the history. Remember, we went over yesterday. I did. I just wanted the one in the uh, Daily Gun Show. So, of course, this is a shot show. So we have. Uh, What's the history of shot show? When did it start? Nothing else happened. Nothing good. Actually, I think there was something I seen. When did shot show start? What year was the first shot show? Ooh, 76, 79. Joe's saying 79. And there was nothing Frank. ever, there was nothing like it before that. Like shot show was just the first time the industry ever got together and had a trade show. That's a good question. There had, especially back in the heyday, right? Like the old wooden and iron guns when interchangeable parts and everything were all the rage. And Colt and Winchester probably got along because they weren't. You know, bothering each other, or maybe Colton Paul Remington was making pistols. But uh, I would think there might have—I don't know—they really hated each other too. You know, about like how Colton Smith and Dan and oh, now they're just business people, right? Back then, back then they no, were about back then when they were competing with each other and patenting stuff and pissing each other off and getting contracts and developing yeah. these. They all take for granted, yeah. It was, it was a personal. Drama there. It was personal. This time it's personal. We've been watching this stupid show off of cable here because there's cable TV here. Something about gold and gold rush. Probably should know it because these, I don't know how people watch these shows. It's like they show you about 10 minutes of actual time, but it takes them like 45 minutes to Get show to it, it to you. Yeah. A preview of it, be a moment of it, get a recap of the moment, get another preview of the next moment. Oh, yeah, a yeah. commercial, oh, get yeah, the yeah. preview and then the recap and then another moment. And it's so saying they need to do like a YouTube thing where they just take the actual meat of it and just cut out all the rest of the recaps and the previews and just give you oh. the meat in like the 14 minutes of actual show out of an hour. Somebody did that, they'd probably make a fortune. Anyway, we'll do one like that, except with uh, Smith and Wesson and Colt and Ruger, and I guess Ruger was way later. But Smith and Wesson and Colt and Remington and Winchester and Henry, they were all back there at the same time Browning. working for each other. Browning comes in and pushes them all around. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That'd make a really funny comic book. Just take the well, it's coming. facts. It's coming. It's coming. Keep buying stuff from gearwebsites.com. I'll use the same computer we're talking on right now to make that comic. Well, I want one with decent done. art, though. No, I actually want one with decent art, though. Okay. <laughs> so we need a new Canadian host. 
I know we have some Canadian listeners there. <laughs> it's pretty easy. Don't have to do much. Me and Jimmy take most of the weight for you. We don't expect we don't expect much out of the Canadians. <laughs> we only have them here for the part for the tax break. You're getting what you're paying for. <laughs> All right, so I think we're done, right? We've finished all of our obligations. I think so. I think we've uh, filled the contract with the listeners this evening. Yeah. How bad do we do? We're only a little bit over, right? Yeah, it's 20 minutes over, yeah. <clears throat> so thanks, everybody, for being patient with us. Another week on the road. Um, next time you hear from us on the Daily Gun Show, will everybody be back in their places, and we'll all be uh, back to fairly normal, and should be lots more stories and adventures to talk about and uh looks like we have a chunk of next week's already scheduled out but we'll be scheduling that on a monday with you is you can always email them to us dailygunshow at gmail.com otherwise we'll try to do some kind of a tool thing maybe tomorrow on the road and then band chat on sunday i took some pictures of some of the rigs that we've got here so we can mm. That'd be interesting. All right. Well, let's wrap it up with our quote as usual. Uh, this one uh, today is by Douglas MacArthur. I don't know. He's one of those people that yeah, has a lot of different opinions on him. I'm not quite sure what to think. I've read lots of different stuff. Uh, but anyway, uh, before that, I'd like to run everybody. Please like, share, subscribe. I bet I didn't thumb up again. I didn't. We got 35 watching and 19 thumbs up. Well, no thumbs down, so that's good. Anyway, uh, if you can and you want to, support us on Patreon. The link will be in the show description at the bottom. Um, in Vegas, if you watched a live podcast and you didn't thumb it up, like the waitress would never come by with drinks. That's what I've heard, yeah. Glad I missed that this year. Kind of sucks sometimes. Anyway, and it wasn't because I didn't tip. Unlike most Canadians, or at least stereotype of us, I tip. You saying loonies, which confuses the hell out of them. Or, you know, Nazi silver. Either way. Anyway, on that note, we'll have Douglas MacArthur's quote. In war, there is no substitute for victory. Quite true. Pretty much in life. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. We'll see y'all Monday. of gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching gunwebsites.com.